0: In today's show, we're recapping Wednesday's two games as well as the big news about LaMarcus Aldridge and his future in the NBA, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win? Or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. All right, so we're back. soft A soft return to the NBA um, and then an absolute bomb dropped by Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. We are going to talk about Lamarcus Aldridge in the recap of the Spurs um, game. But some other news that I think is, is worth talking about, and I'm, I'm going to talk about it later on when doing the quick preview for Thursday's games, but Kevin Durant, um, he's getting another scan next week with his hamstring injury, so he's not ready to return. Then um, they're going to have to ramp him back up, so it looks like he's going to miss yeah, a lot of time, a lot more time here. Um with this hamstring injury, which is which is good, because you know, I've railed plenty of times on this podcast about how NBA teams don't seem to treat hamstring injuries as serious as they probably should, and there's a lot of recurrence. And initially, they said, oh, Durant's going to miss two days. Like, that sounded stupid, but now he's going to miss a month, which, yeah, if you're dealing with in Australian sport, um, missing three to four weeks for a hamstring is normal, You're not even including a bloke coming off an Achilles injury. So, yeah, I, I applaud them for actually taking the common sense approach. It's frustrating. But it's what happened happening. So you know, some point next week, we get Blake Griffin. Uh, Blake, we'll talk about Blake Griffin a second. We'll get Kevin Durant back. Griffin's not going to play tomorrow either. Um, as he yeah, hasn't played in a month because of his you know sitting out from the Pistons and they're going to ramp him back up. So he'll be back uh, shooting the next couple of games. Now tomorrow I am going to do a full show recapping injury news across every team in the league. So yeah, stay stay tuned for that. But I wanted to get that Durant stuff out there now. And again, we are going to talk about the Lamarcus Aldridge situation a Little bit later on uh, in today's show, but hey, you know what? Let's talk about uh, the games that we did have on. And the first game, the Washington Wizards go down to the Memphis Grizzlies 112 127. Brad Beal was fine 21 points, five assists, three steals, but horrible shooting 27%. 8 of 8 from the line, 12.5% from three. Now, Scott Brooks said something like, oh, "I, you know, someone asked him, why is Bradley Beal shooting 33% from three? And he goes, oh, I fully believe he's going to have a month where he doesn't miss. Yeah, maybe. But since Beal's taken on this larger role of being this really high usage hub, he hasn't been able to maintain that 40% three-point rate that he did have earlier in his career. So that's one of the drawbacks with him for fantasy is a below average efficiency number. And I, I don't expect much to change there. Russ Westbrook only took one free throw, missed it. So that, that, that's shit, but at least it was only one. Had 20 points, five rebounds, 10 assists, and three steals, but encouragingly 53% from the field. His steals have gone up recently as well. He is starting to trend in the right direction as long as you've got the necessary buffers in place where you don't have to deal with his horrendous shooting numbers. Garrison Matthews continues to start and continues to play like 15 minutes a night. So it's only for deeper leagues, but he had nine points with two triples. And you have 20 team leagues. There's some value there because he's actually playing. While only 21 minutes from Davis Bertans. He was minus 14. He had 13 points with three threes. I I just don't see him as a must roster player. In 10 team leagues, especially. In points leagues, sure. 12 team is you can make the argument, hey, my waiver wire is really thin. and, And that's fine. If you want to hold on to him, by all means, but... I don't know, Bertans is the 190th ranked player this year, and he's still averaging 26 minutes per night. That's pretty bad. Maybe he's 150th, 130th as we move forward from here. But is that enough to hold through the ups and downs? I'm, I'm not certain it is. Still getting too many minutes from Hal Neto, 24 of them here, seven points, while Rui Hachimura... Guys. Get that garbage out of here! Surely there's nobody, there is nobody left defending the rostering of Rui Hachimura in 12 team leagues. Well, well, there must be because, according to our advanced metric, 82% in competitive leagues, he's on a roster in a 12 team league. 82% of leagues. Why? This is the 221st ranked player. Why are we holding him? Please help me. Why? Why are we doing it? Mo Wagner. 22 minutes, that's encouraging. Not a great night, 2 of 9 shooting, but I'm more encouraged by the fact that he played 22. If he's a 22 to 24 minute a night player every night, that is real, you know, just just touching the rim of a a 12-10 league. 6 and 4 is stealing a block. Now, if he goes instead of 2 of 9, if he's 5 of 9, that's 12-4 steal a block. That's good numbers. And yeah, if one or two of those are threes, it's 14 and 4 with a steal and a block, and they're good numbers. Not saying he's a must-add, he's far from it. In fourteen-team leagues, I'd be scooping up Mo Wagner, uh, and then I'd be prepared to be hurt for sure in the next game. But this was encouraging. Only two minutes from Alex Len, I-, I thought we'd get a little bit more from Len. I thought Scott Brooks would panic about having Wagner out there against Jonas Valanciunas, and he'd like to see the two big boys go at it. <laughs> big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> yep, but we only got three minutes there, Alex Len, while well, seven points for Robin Lopez in his playing time. Let's talk about Denny uh, Avdia, 13-6 and six in 24 minutes. One of his better games, for sure, but still only 24 minutes. Um, he's worse than ori Hachimura so far this year in terms of fantasy production, albeit far fewer minutes. I'm not adding him in 12s or 14-team leagues. He just doesn't quite have the minutes upside or the fantasy profile to be considered a must-roster player. 16-teamers, sure. Let's add him. Let's see what happens. Um, but I'm not convinced about anything shallower. Good to see Troy Brown Jr. in the rotation. The way that Scott Brooks has handled him this year has been appalling. He had two blocks, he had five points in 13 minutes, but still, it's only 13 minutes. Uh, He should be playing a lot more than this. He should play every single minute that Harle Neto plays, and maybe it happens later on in the season. But of course, Brooks will go back to Ish Smith when he returns and play Neto and limit a guy like Brown, which is disappointing, and we just have to watch to see what happens with Brown and and where he goes and and where he ends up in a rotation, if he does, in fact, end up in a rotation. (sighs) It is time. The Michelob Ultra, Player of the Week. Awesome stuff. And we haven't had games in a week, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to give you a Player of the Week because my Player of the Week is Jakob Pertl of the San Antonio Spurs. Just talking about Jakob Pertl, it brings me joy. The happiness that you have if you have Jakob Pertl on your fantasy team, it's almost as good as the happiness you'd get from drinking Michelob Ultra with 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. So why is Pertl the Player of the Week? Well, LaMarcus Aldridge isn't playing for San Antonio anymore. So Purtle is your starting center and he should be rostered in every single fantasy league. So Yucca Purtle is your player of the week. Opportunity is there. And I think some of the reason why Aldridge is not going to play for the team is because Pertle was playing that well. And Popovich said, sorry, LaMarcus, you're not as good as him. You're coming off the bench. And LaMarcus, uh, very reminiscent of the way he exited Portland, to be honest, a little bit, uh, let's say, immature, that um, we, we had, uh, you yeah, Aldridge said, well, I'm not going to be here anymore. And we don't want that lack of joy. We want we want to enjoy ourselves, and Jakub Purtle he screams happiness. So, joy from Purtle it creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game; it's the whole game. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is Jakob Purtle. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way. ...to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Oh, I forgot to mention! Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. That's how you get your 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, the Grizzlies' side of this equation, um, big win from them. Let's talk about the big fella, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilevskis, <laughs> big meaty man slapping me. 29 and 20 in 32 minutes for Valanciunas with four blocks. This was awesome. Now, I have been a big Valentinus fan for a long time. I consistently criticize Dwayne Casey for not playing him enough. And I said, give this guy 30 minutes. He's a top 40 fantasy player. Well, he's still not getting those 30 minutes a night regularly here. But this is what he can do. Now, this is obviously high, and you're playing against the Wizards. So that's, that's a big number. I worry a little bit what will happen when the specter that is Jaron Jackson returns. The Invisible Man, if The Invisible Man ever returns. Um, but Valanciunas is establishing himself. Really, really strong stuff from him here. The 67th ranked player this year, and he had dropped 68 fantasy points. Desmond Bain, big stuff from Bainey. 31 minutes, 20 points, five threes. Great shooting night, 54% from the field. He is a top 200 player this year, but like so many Grizzlies guys, I, I-, I shudder to think at what stupidity Taylor Jenkins is going to do with the rotation. Bain should play 25 minutes a night every night. Now, that's not 12-team enough. Let me rephrase that in a language that's English. That's not enough for 12-team leagues. He needs 30 a night. But he is better than Dylan Brooks. He's better than Grayson Allen. He's better than Justice Winslow. And he should be out there getting those minutes. So he's a nice 16-team league grab, maybe a 14-team league streamer. But let's talk about another bloke who gets dicked even harder than Desmond Bain, and that is the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton. 18 minutes for Melton. Now, he did have some foul issues in this one, but... That still ties into a regular pattern of this guy being awesome and being stuffed around by Jenkins. 11 points, two rebounds, three assists, two steals, 71% shooting. He is better than Desmond Bain. He is better than Dylan Brooks. He is better than Tyus Jones. He is better than Justice Winslow. Shit, is probably better than Kyle Anderson. Now, I know that he's a 12-team league player if he was being played up to his abilities. But he isn't. Now, a lot of the time, I'll just be like, okay, let's grab him and hold him and understand that talent wins out. I'm not convinced that it does. I would have him over Bain, no problem. I would have him over Brooks, easily. Justice Winslow? Get that garbage out of here! I I think there is some really good upside in Melton, but I worry that when Allen comes back, he's the guy that's out of the rotation because that's what it was last time. He was out of the rotation. They don't look like they're going to move Brooks out. They probably won't move Bain out after this. I don't think they'll move Tyus Jones. I think Melton's at real risk. I think the higher chance is that Melton plays three minutes versus 30 minutes next game. Shit, he's never playing 30 minutes under this coach. Uh, maybe he plays 25 minutes. Uh, which one's more likely, 25 or three? If Allen plays, it's almost like three minutes is more um, more likely, unfortunately. But the, the value is there. The, the ability is there. And that's what's the frustrating thing. Now, people will say this, Josh, man, you're so high on Brandon Clark last year. You thought he should have been your fourth pick in your redraft. And I still believe that. I still believe he's a really good player. He. I don't think you can argue that he's regressed this year. But it's not just about how I value the player in terms of where he sits. It's about how he's being used. And without the specter, Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm gonna, is the specter the right? Yeah, let's go with the specter uh, for Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, without Jaron Jackson Jr., he's still like playing... 20, what are you, 25 minutes, 6 and 10? It's not good enough. Without Jaron Jackson, he should have been getting 34 minutes a night and establishing himself. But he's just playing the same basic-ass backup role. Is that right or wrong? I'm not sure. Like, having Kyle Anderson at the four is probably his best position, and he's outplayed Clark. Yeah, you know, it's not getting better for Clark when Jackson returns, if he returns. It's not getting better. And maybe you can say, well, Clark will play those backup minutes where yeah, that Tillman's getting currently and that's possible. But do you think that in a situation where Jaron Jackson replaces Xavier Tillman, that Brandon Clark's minutes are going to go up? There's almost no way that's the case. Tillman's playing 16 minutes a night. So Tillman might go out of the rotation. Jackson comes in, eventually gets to 30. So where does Clark's playing time reside? It's really tough to get a full handle on that. And it's been disappointing. And you know I was pretty low on him heading into the season. Um and I'm, I'm and I say all this to say I don't he's not a 10 team league player. And and I'm not sure that he's a 12 team must roster. Kyle Anderson, 13 5, and 3 is all right. I'm not convinced he remains must roster. He is now. I'm not sure he remains there. Well, Dylan Brooksy Brooks. Whoo, he shot well. Give him that. Four of seven. Ten points, twenty five minutes. He was a plus twenty-two, so that's pretty strong as well. But again, just when I try and look at this logically, he's not as good as these other players. And I I don't think he remains a must roster guy. Let's look at Jar Morant. 21, 6, and 10 looks great on the surface. It's fantastic. It's it's awesome. It's great. Uh, 50% from the field, awesome. 58 from the line is horrible. And again, guess what I'm going to say? I know if you're you're on video, you can see the box score, so you probably know. If you're on audio, what am I going to say? He had no threes. He had no steals. I don't know how many times I've mentioned this about Morant, but that is what keeps him back from that really high upside. If you can't do those things on a, in a high volume regularly, you're never going to be that top 20 type player. And then you you, you put in this ass-chomping 58% free throw percentage night. Like, that's house as well. So, yeah, that's that's not ideal. I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again because I want to. Justice Winslow. Get that garbage out of here! Nine six and four in twenty two minutes. What are we doing? Like I, I don't know which one's more confusing: people rostering Rui Hachimura or people rostering Justice Winslow. Uh, wh- whatever it is, they can both. Uh, yeah, they can both get out of here with the uh, with the quickness. Guys, if you go into you know looking to buy a part for your car you and go to your chain auto store, Advance, why would you do it? The bloke behind the counter, he's going to tell you he doesn't have the part in stocks. There's just too many parts. And and manufacturers and models of cars. He's going to have to order it. And then he's going to look at you coming in, in your uh, your finery, your tight skinny jeans, your turtleneck, your fanny pack like the rock. And he's going to say, this bloke's not a mechanic. And he's going to charge you more. At rockauto.com, they won't do that. The prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? The answer is you wouldn't. So you go to rockauto.com. rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications and prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. It is time for Built Bar Madness. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now and Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchups in Built Bar Madness, where you can go and vote on their Twitter account at Bar underscore Built. You've got German Chocolate Cake versus Mocha Love. Now, I'm not a fan of either of those ones, to be honest. I don't really... Have a strong take, maybe German chocolate cake. But the other matchup, oh sorry, no, that's that. I got that wrong. Matchup one is German chocolate cake versus salted caramel. Salted caramel, clear winner. Salted caramel, no worries. Matchup two, Mocha Love versus white chocolate birthday cake. White chocolate birthday cake, a clear thumbs up. Love white chocolate. That is the number one uh, out of that matchup for me. So go to BuiltBar.com, and you can you can have your uh, you can have your little uh, votes. And remember, if you use the promo code Locked On 20 you get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, now it is time for us to move on to the second game of the day and it is the San Antonio Spurs and the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks win at 115-104, but let's just talk about the news about LaMarcus Aldridge first. He's done. Now, at the start of the year, I misevaluated where Aldridge would be. I thought he would just yeah, be marginally less than what he was in the past, but instead he turned out to be a concrete facsimile of the LaMarcus Aldridge in the past and he can't move anymore. And then I said, okay, well, Pertle starting in his place and when Aldridge comes back, I can't really see Greg Popovich and the Spurs who have never really moved on from players mid-season at all and are quite stubborn in really deferring to their veteran saying, sorry, LaMarcus, you'll be coming off the bench behind Jakob Purdle. I didn't think that was possible. What I did say is that this is definitely Marcus Aldridge's last season as a starter in the NBA, and I feel pretty confident about that moving forward. But Popovich started Pirtle over Aldridge before he came back, and I'm pretty sure that is why Aldridge is asked out. Because he's out. He's done. They're going to try and get a trade. Woj reckons there's a trade coming. Uh, maybe they're not as interested in a buy Maybe that comes later on. He's going to have to give back a significant amount of money. Aldridge was pretty rooted this year. Like He, he wasn't very good. What team does he go to where he is a must-roster player? It is hard to see it. Miami? Here's the question. Is he actually better than Kelly Olenek? Defensively, he's not. And Olenek's not a good defender. Offensively, he probably is. But who's a better shooter? It's still probably Olenek. So... I think no matter where he goes, he's going to move into a 25, 26-minute-a-night role. And it's probably going to be on a contender. Does he go into the Lakers and, what, play Markeith Morris's minutes? Probably won't go to the Lakers. Does he go to the Clippers and play Nick Batum, Marcus Morris? Cut in there. Like, does he go back to Portland and take minutes away from Robert Covington, Derek Jones, or Carmelo Anthony, and eventually Zach Collins? Maybe, but it, is it going to be enough? Given what he's done so far and the uncertainty about when or where he will go, I am i don't think that we need to hold on to him in 12-team leagues. What does it do for the rest of the Spurs? We're going to get to this game in a second. We're just going to talk about it means moving forward. Well, Jakob Pirtles a must-roster player. Mentioned it already before. You, you just add him everywhere. He does have some significant issues with his free throw percentage, but he's a must-roster player. We saw Trey Lyles be out of the rotation. Today, they ran nine men, and Eubanks was the backup center in the first half, and then Lyles was the backup center in the second half. Regardless of what they decide to do there as the ninth man, Lyles has no business in 10, 12, 14-team or 16-team leagues. Luka Sharmanic, he maybe should get a go there, but he's a 3-4, not a 4-5. He's not an ad anywhere. Realistically, what happens is that we saw this Spurs rotation without Aldridge for a big chunk of time, and that's just what they'll continue to do. Rudy Gay will play some backup center minutes. Trey Lyles will maybe get a couple of minutes. Drew Eubanks gets a couple of minutes. Keldon Johnson's your starter at the four, and Pirtle's at your five. So it's not an ad of Shamanich. It's not an ad of Lyles. It's it's not yeah, an ad of Eubanks or anything like that. Like These guys just aren't going to play. What it does mean is it just means some extra usage can get spread between DeRozan, Murray, White, Johnson, and Pirtle and Gay gets a couple of extra minutes a night and gets some backup center playing time, which is actually really good for his value. But I don't think Rudy Gay's a 12-team league guy. He's a strong 14-team league ad, Gay, for sure. And Pirtles are an ad in every single league. But that's really all it does. Because we have seen, haven't seen have seen much of Aldridge this year, this year, and what we have done has been limited and shithouse. So it's not that, that big of a change. Lyles, yeah, not not an option outside of very, very deep leagues. So that's your LaMarcus Aldridge update. Let's look at the game now and what actually happened. DeRozan was great. 30 points, 11 assists, 4 steals, 63 from the field. That is a remarkable performance from DeRozan. 58 fantasy points. He's the 42nd ranked player this year, but he's jumped up to 25th over the last two weeks. And Rudy Gay, I talked about that already. 13 and 9, 3 threes and 3 steals. Shot the ball poorly, but really good production. I, I like him as a 14-team league ad. I don't hate him as a 12-team league guy. I don't love him, but I don't hate it. Patty Mills, 29 minutes. Not sure that's realistic to continue, but with the way that guys like yeah Derek White will perform and we'll get to that in a second, yeah, they got he got some extra minutes. Lonnie Walker played 18. You can drop him. like He's still rostered in a ton of 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! Like, Lonnie Walker is rostered in more 12-team leagues than Rudy Gay, which is wrong. 12 points for Walker. He's only a deeper league player. Keldon Johnson's interesting. Third game back after COVID, had the break off as well, and only played 22 minutes. I don't think this is a COVID conditioning thing. He was just not good in this game. Minus 17, 12 points, two threes, and four rebounds. He is the 125th ranked player this season. In a 10-team league, that means he is not a rosterable player. His upside is not that high. He's good. I like him. He's not that good. I'm still holding him in a 12-team league, but in a 10, I would move on. Um, I had DeJounte on my Sal High show the other day. Um, because I just worried about where his usage would go and his assist opportunities would go, and they fell way off here. 11-5-3 with a 3 in 35 minutes. Shot poorly, so it could have been a lot better. Um, We're not dropping him or anything like that, but that's the sell high there. While Pertle played 32 minutes, and that's the most encouraging thing. He did have some fouls, but 32 minutes, 6 points, 5 rebounds. Pretty empty, pretty shithouse, but must roster. All right, let's do it. Maximum Derek. If you come at me with snark about Derek White. Uh, good, good recommendation, dickhead. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just going to get blocked. I, I don't need to hear that negativity. Let's get it out in the open. This was shit from Derek White. It was really bad. Nobody can deny that. I'm, I, I, am not, I am not under any illusions about what Derek White is. I think he can be really good. I also said, just watch as he comes back because he's a slow starter and he's got to get his feet under him. And that's exactly what we saw. But if you're like, man, Derek White, I just don't see it for him. Go back literally and look one game prior where he had 25 points, four threes, four assists, and four steals in 27 minutes. So if you can't see it from that, then kids, earmuffs. If you can't see it from that, you're fucking blind. But he's going to be inconsistent. He's not going to be a top 50 player this year. He might be a top 80 guy. He might have a run of top 50 and a run outside the top 100. It's his first game back from COVID. Just hold him. I'm holding him in every scenario. In fact, if someone drops him, it's an immediate ad and it's a buy low because people will panic because they think they misconstrue what I say about him all the time. The dude, and it's been a shit year for him, toe injury, returns from a toe injury, breaks the same toe, comes back from that, puts up that monster, gets COVID. Talk about stop-start bullshit. It is the ultimate buy low because you don't have to give up anything because people are pissed off. And I understand why they're pissed off. But this is a guy, that, again, that you picked with a late pick in your draft because he was injured at the time of drafts. He's a guy that you've got a, a waiver wire add on. Who cares? I'd rather have him than Calderon Johnson. Tell you that much. Very easily. And you can disagree. Drop him in the comments below. I don't care if you disagree. That's no problem. But, you know, snarky bullshit and personal attacks. Piss off. Anyway, on to the Mavericks. Well, soon just 28-14. and 14. He's, he's actually still pretty good, despite the, you know, the Knicks people. I wouldn't even take Christos back for his second rounder. Eh, eh. Uh, you can't even see what I'm doing, but I'm doing that one. Like, no. Y- you would. He's good. He's had a rough start defensively. He's still really good. Doncic had 22, 12, and 12. Yeah, a bit rough on the percentages. Doncic, interestingly, the 13th ranked player this year, had uh, and had 48 fantasy points here. Well, i tell you who is a guy that I think we should add in 12-team leagues, who is still available in a ton of them. Muxi Kleber. This is a guy that we've talked about a lot. He doesn't have the sexiest fantasy profile, but he blocks shots and he hits threes. And he played 33 minutes. He had 11 points, seven rebounds, three threes. And he's coming back from COVID as well. He is the 91st ranked player over the last 14 days. I would add him. I wouldn't add Josh Richardson, 12 points in 32 minutes. He is a streamer, especially for 10-teamers. And uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. He is rostered in far too many leagues. Get that garbage. Nine points in 24 minutes. Get him out. Not a great night from Jalen Brunson. Had some some struggles. Eight points in 20 minutes. I am still holding, but I could very easily see him being a guy to move on from in 12-team leagues. Uh, Trey Burke, only the eight minutes. While Dorian Finney-Smith did his best to do as little as possible. Seven points in 31 minutes. He did have seven boards, but shot poorly. He is more of that 14-team league guy than a must-roster 12-team leaguer. Let's have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Shake Milton. 7.6% for Shake Makes sense with his back-to-back for the Sixers coming up with no Ben Simmons and no Joel Embiid. Kevin Porter still somehow going up. Um, Man, I reckon people are going to be let down. We'll see how it goes. But again, if you're getting him off the waiver wire for nothing, absolutely fine. Add him. Let's see what happens. Maxi Kleber up 7%. I reckon that number will jump tomorrow. Blake Griffin up 5%. Why? Michael Carter-Williams up 4.3%. With the news about Cole Anthony being a ways away, according to Steve Clifford, then Carter-Williams does have back-end 12-team league value. So that makes a bit of sense to me. Um, Let's go on to the top drops over that time. And we're looking at the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. I wouldn't be dropping him, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. Lou Dort down 5%. Yep. No, my son is also named Bort. Not a 12-team league guy. Danny Green down 4%. Well, I'd be adding him back, given the absences there in Philadelphia. Isaac Okoro down 4%. Look, maybe Okoro has a run of things in April, but I'm not really feeling that confident in him as a 12-team league guy. And Speedy Claxton down 3%. Um, Maybe he gets a reprieve with Green maybe being out, with Griffin definitely being out, with Durant definitely being out. But it's just really hard to find enough minutes on this team for him to be a an impact guy. So if there's someone you want to add, then by all means, sure. The monstrous line of the night is Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. We spoke about him at length already, 29 and 20 with four blocks. He is the 67th ranked player this year, averaging 16 and 12 in just 27 minutes and only blocking 0.8 shots. That should be better. He has had years where he's blocked 1.3 before, so he could be like a, easily a top 40 guy. Uh, and if he had 30 minutes a night, he'd maybe be top 30. But I think he's sort of just going to sit around this 50 to 70-ish, 75-ish type range for the rest of the season. Some pretty good good numbers there for Valanciunas to be your monstrous line of the night. And then your rookie of the night is his teammate, Desmond Bain, who had those 20 points, had five threes, four rebounds. Bainy has been um, good. Like shooting forty six percent from three is obviously really good, really impressive. It's just getting enough of other stuff, which hasn't quite been there. Great free throws, doesn't get to the line. Uh, almost a steal a game is pretty strong, but yeah, lack of assists one point three per game is shit house. Um, yeah, low usage is concerning. I think he's more of that deeper fourteen to fifteen team league player, and we just I just don't know where the minutes go with him when everyone is healthy. Look, that is that's the real question as to how they're going to use him when everyone is back. But, you know, strong performance from Desmond Bain nonetheless. And let's look at the top 10 players, uh, rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one is Bain. Number two is Avdia. Number three is Gay, which I talked about already as a 14-team league guy. Paddy Mills at five. Uh, Paddy Mills at four. Kleber at five. Nice 12-team ad. Six is Gary Matthews. Uh, seven is Troy Brown Jr. Eight is Hal Neto. Nine is Lonnie Walker. And 10 is Dorian Finney-Smith. But those last five blokes there, we're talking about a day with only two games on. So really hard to get too excited about those players there. Now, let's talk about uh, what's happening on Thursday, where we've got 11 games on, so let's give a bit of a quick preview of all that action. All right, it's a super, super busy Thursday we've got to look at here, 11 games. The first one, the Pistons and the Hornets. Jeremy Grant and Josh Jackson are off the injury report, so they'll be back in action. Well, DeLon Wright is questionable. How they work right in alongside Dennis Smith Jr. with Jackson, with McKay Luke, with Allington is a big question mark there, so that's going to be one to watch for sure. While the Hornets are going to welcome back Devontae Graham. LaMelo is going to continue to start. What does that mean for Malik Monk's minutes? What does it mean for Mallow's minutes? Because we've seen James Borrego that any any blowout, he'll say, well, we've got to just watch LaMelo's minutes. he you been playing 34 a night. Does he go down to 31, 32? That's something to watch there for sure. And what it means for Rogier and his um, usage. Cody Zeller is probable. Also, um, oh, he's not in on the injury report. So Cody Zeller is going to be back. The next game Boston and Brooklyn. The Nets are three point favourites. The total's 234, but there's no Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is going to be out, it looks like, another week. And then they're going to be ramping his minutes up slowly. So there's a there's a concern there with Durant. Also, Blake Griffin remains out. Timotei Lawawu-Cabreau is doubtful. And Jeff Green is questionable. So another opportunity for Nick Claxton. Big usage for Kyrie and James Harden. And on the Boston side of things, Marcus Smart's going to return. How that works in terms of the center rotation is a big question mark. Does Tice or Thompson go to the bench? And then what does that mean for the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams? Is he third-string center now? Does he jump into the backup role and play 22 minutes a night? There's big question marks in how that all works out. Atlanta and Toronto. The Raptors are without Ananobi, Van Vliet, and Siakam again, while Terence Davis is questionable. The Hawks, uh, no Cam Reddish and no DeAndre Hunter, of course, while Bogdan Bogdanovich has no minutes restriction, it appears. So there's some interesting uh, things we need to watch there. Well, Philadelphia and Chicago. Markinen and Porter look like they're going to return for Chicago, while Embiid and Simmons are both out for the, uh, for the Sixers. The Magic and the Heat, it looks like Aaron Gordon could return. He's questionable, but no Cole Anthony, no Yvonne Fournier, uh, no James Ennis. While for Miami, no Bam Adebayo. That's obviously the big one there. The Knicks and the Bucks. no Derrick Rose for the Knicks. Um, Taj Gibson is questionable, no Mitch Robinson. While for the Bucks, they are fully healthy. They are 11-point favorites in Milwaukee, and the total is Richie Benno, 222.5. Two for two, two, two. The Wolves and the Pelicans. No Jordan McLaughlin. That's important because it means there's one point guard, and that's Rick Rubio. So a lot of minutes coming for him. It looks like Jared Vanderbilt will continue to start. Last game, he started next to Jake Lehman. So that's something for us to watch there. While for the Pelicans, J.J. Redick is out. So Alexander Walker and uh, Lewis coming off the bench are guys who are going to get some extra opportunities in that scenario. Jarrett Culver is doubtful. So I'd imagine that Josh Kogi comes back into the rotation. Dallas and OKC, it's a back-to-back for the Mavericks. For the Thunder, um, we're going to get uh, Al Horford returning. He set out the last game due to rest, while MC Hamadou Diallo is out once more. Stop. Um, the Suns and the Blazers, Cam Johnson out due to COVID protocols, while Devin Booker is questionable. So with Johnson out, we expect decent minutes, I think, for Jay Crowder. And if Booker is out, you're going to get guys like Abdul Nadir have to step up into a larger role, Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore, but it's going to be Bridges and Paul and Aiton that get the bulk of that usage bump there. For the Warriors and the Clippers, we don't have a Warriors injury report at this point, but Draymond and Steph rested before the break. They should be back in. I don't know what they're going to do with James Wiseman. That's the question. He started and played 35 minutes last game before the break. I don't believe that he will start in this game, but we'll have to see. And we don't have an update on Kelly Oubre and his wrist, whether he is ready to go or not. And what that means for you know, where Jordan Poole sits in the rotation, because they keep talking about how they want to give you minutes, but who's going to be the guy that suffers? Bazemore, Lee, you know, if Oubre's out, it's an easy slot in. But let's see how they use Jordan Poole here. And the last game, is Houston and Sacramento. At this point, um, no Christian Wood. We don't know. Kevin Porter and Kenyon Martin are available to play, but whether they play and what their role is remains to be seen, but no Christian Wood. Uh, no Daniel House, while Eric Gordon is questionable. So without House, and maybe if, if Gordon misses, we could have a scenario where Porter plays some decent minutes first up, um, but don't, don't 100% count on that. Uh, The other thing to to watch out for there is John Wall is playing both games of the back-to-back, and Victor Oladipo will play on Thursday and may not play on Friday. We don't have confirmation on that. For the Clippers, they are healthy. Marcus Morris is ready to go after his concussion. Uh, Oh, Sorry, I completely screwed that up. That was the earlier game, the Clippers. This is Rockets and Kings. Tyrese Halliburton is back, but he's on a minutes restriction. Hassan Whiteside, not only does he remain... But he is also out, and Jabari Park is not in the injury report, but he's not going to play, so that doesn't really matter all that much. That is 11 games. So where's the value? I think we're looking at Dwight Howard, Rubio, Shake Milton, Justin Patton, Kelly Linick looks massive, uh, Wiseman maybe, uh, Boucher, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, the painter Matisse Thibel, Jalen Noel, Toby Harris looks awesome at 6,900. Giggity! Uh, Lonzo Ball, Al Horford, Carl Anthony Towns, Terrence Ross, Alfred Payton, and maybe Drew Holiday. The Bucks haven't decided on whether they are going to um, whether they are going to have a minutes restriction there on him, guys. That'll do it. First recap show back, loved it. Glad to have you guys back. Don't forget to subscribe. Tomorrow, a massive early show. Um, my mini show will be on injuries and where everyone sits. So we'll go across all 30 teams. So stay tuned for that. And you can do that by subscribing, hitting the notification bell here on YouTube too, giving me a thumbs up guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.